Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This is The Rich Eisen Show. I am a lucky guy. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. Some guy walks up to me in a Buccaneers jacket in the middle of Munich. He says to me, aren't you Susie Schuster's husband? No. Why, yes. (laughs) Today's guests, director of HBO's Shaq, Robert Alexander, Alabama linebacker, Will Anderson, Tennessee wide receiver, Jalen Hyatt, from Netflix's Wednesday, actor Luis Guzman. And now... It's Rich Eisen. Hour number two of the Rich Eisen Show is on the air. 844-204-RICH is the number to dial. Alabama's Will Anderson, who could wind up being the number one overall draft choice in next year's NFL draft. He's slated to join us on this program in this hour. Uh, I've been told he's uh, he might be a little late that he's taking a test. Oh. How about that? Wow. Education uh, first. I, I don't know. Student, I'm, student I'm assuming it is an academic student thing. athlete. We'll find out. Oh. Uh, Jalen Hyatt of Tennessee football. He's joining us in hour number three. And the actor Luis Guzman will be in the guest chair, currently occupied by our guest to kick off hour number two here on the Rich Eisen Show on the Roku channel and this terrestrial radio station, Sirius XM Odyssey, and more. The HBO sports documentary Shaq, a four part documentary series premieres with the first episode next Wednesday, uh, November 23rd at 9 Eastern time on HBO, available to stream on HBO Max. New episodes air every single Wednesday. The uh, man who directed this docu-series, as well as a director of a handful of episodes of The Shop on HBO, Robert, Robert Alexander here in hey. studio. Good to see you, sir. Nice to, nice to see you. Thanks how, for having me. How'd you get hooked up with this project? Uh, uh, combination of things um but really hbo connected me mm-hmm. and uh they i have a phenomenal relationship over there and they asked me if i wanted to work on the project mm-hmm. and then it was my job to put together creative that uh was worthy of Shaq's attention for him to agree to be involved uh and to sit for all i needed to sit for uh to build a series and mm-hmm. that's how we did it and the creative that you came up with is yeah i mean it's a <sighs> I, I'm really excited. I'm really excited for people to see it. It's um, it's a really, really fresh approach. I don't think, uh, I'm proud to say, I don't think I've ever seen a sports doc or a lot of docs in the space that ever that's ever looked like this before. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first film, we, we took inspiration from old monster movies, so there's kind of this feel to it. Uh, the second one is inspired by superhero stories and comic book origin stories. There's that, actually that's a very Shaq thing. Yeah, it's a very Shaq thing. So of it's course. kind of the rise of Shaq, which is really cool. So yes. again, so there's literally like comic book elements that run throughout the entire film. Yes. The third one's just a little bit more 
Moody a little bit about uh, his tension in L.A. and his journey during that time. And so that one kind of has this like film noir feel to it. Oh, And the first fourth one is inspired a lot in the shack is this element that exists in so many different spaces and social, uh, obviously commercial television, film everywhere. So the fourth film is it's inspired by a lot of different mediums. So there's like social media elements to it film elements to it, television elements to it that are really cool. So, oh my goodness yeah. gracious. And did you get Shaq to agree to it because you, you said you would not talk about Kazam at all? Uh, yeah, that, that was, that was in the contract. Part, that's part that of one of the things we had to lock <laughs> off on. Yeah, I'm just having good. some fun. Yeah, look, cause he, sure. look, he is just a larger than life yes. individual. And I don't yeah. mean because of his size. Yes. I'm just talking about just how giving he is, yeah. how big hearted he yeah. is, how funny he yeah, is. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, and I'll never forget this when we we were at the Super Bowl in Atlanta mm-hmm. a few years ago on our show and he was one of our guests. Yeah. And um and he walked in mm-hmm. and we had uh the set was built and it was yeah. a, a much smaller door than he would fit through. <laughs> yeah. You remember this how he walked on the we'll set? Stop. He walked on the set and I think this is a stock thing for him. Yeah where he slapped the top of the doorway mm-hmm. and acted like he banged his head. Right, yeah. <laughs> and the whole, cr- you know, like the whole crowd, because there's yeah. a live studio audience, was like, whoa, yeah. are you okay? Yeah. And he and that was just like his yeah. gag way of, of yeah. entering. Yeah. yeah. And it seemed like that that's something he probably does pretty He's much so everywhere he wants. He's so playing to every room exactly yeah. as he needs to. Right. It seems to be like an entirely unique interaction he has with every space he's in. Right. And it's like he can sense it's, because, you know, I, I'm lucky enough to make films and, and television, work on a lot of different projects. And sometimes you just interact with these people who are just aliens. And they're just so unique on how they interact mm-hmm. with the world and the people that are there. And to know it's like, this is the best thing I can do in this space. Right. And Shaq is one of the most unique people in the world. What would you learn about him that you didn't already know? Because <laughs> I imagine you came to this uh, project fully yeah. fully knowledgeable of his As a fan, world. for sure. As right. a kid who grew up loving Shaq, loving Kobe. Um, I think that I learned that Shaq is exactly on camera the mm-hmm. way he is off camera. He is one of the most genuine individuals I've ever interacted with. Yes. I think something else that's great about him is that his, he's, he loves joy into like such a, a high level that he just always wants to find a positive space, not only for himself, but everyone he's around, which is yes. great. And I, th- and I think he's, um, and on the total flip side, he's ruthless when it comes to business and his money and what he wants to achieve mm-hmm. and what he wants his legacy and what his name to mean. I think he's like, he will not take any hesitation, no questions asked. This is what I am. This is what I'm going to represent. So Yeah, that's a word I don't think I've ever heard ascribed yeah. to, yeah. to Shaquille yeah. is ruthless, yeah. you know, when yeah. it comes to that. Yeah. Did you witness that yourself? Did you see anything Yeah, I like think that? it's just, you know, as we got deeper, deeper into talking about um, how he approached, how, how he approaches business, how he approached his basketball career. Yes. There was no, there's no reservations. There's no hesitation. Mm-hmm. I decide I want to be known as this level of dominance. I decide I want to earn this type of money. Yes. I decide that I want the name Shaq to resonate beyond just the basketball court. I want to be a brand. I want to be a presence that the world will know. And I, I will not take anything other than that. And he was so definitive of that. Mm-hmm. And it was exciting to see because he was also able to do that 
I think understanding his just natural exuberance and power yes. of humor and joy. So he has this incredibly intelligent way of weaving it all together. Well, I mean, and so are you Are you the one, by the way, the director, Robert Alexander of uh, HBO's Shack, a four-part yeah. documentary series, is here on the Rich Eisen Show in studio. Are you the one who asked him the questions? Did yeah. you sit down? Yeah, yeah. So how long did you sit him down for? Uh, how long did you I get him sat? I think we did three three or four days and usually you know it, it's always about energy level and obviously people get a little drained after a while and right it's I, I you know it's my job to not only keep him engaged but also know when it's like okay he's wavering for the day yes so i think it's between two and four hours every time we sat down so and he was great he was great i mean there's moments when he's like i'm done you know sure which is fine and you, you know, respect that you do yeah did you interview most everyone everybody I mean, you did yeah, yourself everybody, yeah Penny Hardaway, yeah. Dwayne Wade, Dennis Scott, Brian Shaw, Derek Fisher, Rick Fox. You sat down both Riley and Phil, yeah. huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pat, uh, Pat Riley was in Miami, uh, and Phil was somewhere in uh, upstate California. Um, it was great. Everyone's mm-hmm. great. And, you know, it's, these, these things are very unique. Everyone has a different personality and presence. Right. Perspective. Uh, everyone has ego. And just finding ways to navigate that, um, you know, as we kind of journey through the story of Shaq, because I have my own perspective from interacting with him, interacting with his mother, mm-hmm. um, talking about his family, talking with his family, talking with his teammates, things I've read about him, learned about him. So then it's just kind of finding a way to be safe in understanding that. But I'm open to, you know, these perspectives that I'm getting that are so unique for this. How much you know? Kobe are we going to get in this? I think there's a good amount of there's a there's a really strong amount of Kobe. Um, I think that when we got to there's two sides to it. Yes. One is that me and Shaq had a pretty honest conversation about Kobe not being with us anymore, feeling like what he went through with Kobe was in one instance what he felt personally and what their interaction was and what their relationship, and then there's this whole world of how the outside world told their story and how they utilized both Shaq and Kobe utilized the media to shape narratives, you know, but Shaq made it very clear to me. He's like, Kobe's not with us anymore. And this is 20 years ago. And there's a lot more to not only our relationship, but my experience as a basketball player Mm -hmm. that I want to make sure has weight. Um, And then me as a filmmaker, it was also important for me to say, I approach this as honest as possible. So I have perspective as a writer and a creator to say, there's certain things I want to tell about this story. And over the course of making a film, it shifts, you know, sometimes rather aggressively where, oh, I thought it was more extreme than this Mm -hmm. in some places where it was and where it wasn't. So my job was to meet uh, kind of a middle ground with that. But to be transparent, we also got to a point where we had a certain amount of their story in the film uh, and uh, Kobe's family essentially uh, requested that we reduce the amount of Kobe we, we, we have in the film. Why? Uh, I'm not totally sure, okay. but out of respect for their wishes, um, we did it. We went ahead and we complied. Uh, I think that it's important that, you know, when I come into a project like this, there's only so much I know. And even though I spend a lot of time with Shaq, there's, you know, there's his entire life I've, haven't had this interaction with him. So when I come into these projects and then I spend a year turning it into a film, there's certain things I may say is important for me as a filmmaker, but I'm dealing with humans. I'm dealing with people who have a lot of history and feelings and emotions 
and perspective that I don't understand. So it's my job just to respect that. So um, I'm very proud with what we ended up with as far as our, um, the amount of Kobe content that we have that relates to Shaq's story. But at the end of the day, it's a Shaq film that I'm sure, making. Of course. Um, but I mean, so what an important part of the, it's a very important the Shaq part. Yeah. career yeah. here in LA. Yeah. I mean, the, the number of times, I, I mean, I was on the Sports Center set when yeah. this is going down. Yeah. My my wife was covering the team, yeah, and she adores Shaq. Yeah, I mean, my yeah. God, he, he's one of her favorites. Yeah, and I just remember when, yeah. you know, because you know I was on Sports Center at the time. Yeah. He knew who I was, and yeah. when I I I got engaged, yeah, we got engaged. My yeah. my wife and I, he he saw the ring, and yeah. he would just comment about the ring yeah. and how, yeah. you know, and it just he 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 was just always part and parcel of of the fun, the joy, yeah. and the interesting level, but. To have a front, she, the story she would tell, but Shaq yeah. and Kobe, I mean, that, that was it. Yeah. Phil, yeah. Shaq, Kobe. Absolutely. For, Absolutely. For, for yeah. a long time. A for, long time. Right. I mean, we played together for eight years, you know, and there was some pretty vocal stuff about kind of their tension. Afterwards a, as well. For a long part of that, and then afterwards as well. So, And we cover it. There's a lot that we talk about that I felt was um, sufficient mm-hmm. because the, the most important thing for me in uh, the amount of Kobe that is in this film is that we never diminish his impact because for me, he was such a uh, important role on not only just watching and loving basketball as just a fan, yes. but just his impact and his skill level um, as one of our you know, most amazing performers ever. So when we had conversations about uh, reducing him from the, the series, the most important thing for me was that we never lost um, the weight of his impact and contribution to uh, their success. All right, and just one last thing on the subject matter. I mean, was that an awkward conversation when you heard um, about from the Bryant family to say, you know, diminish his? It was, uh, you know, it's it, it was dealt in a, in a lot of different areas. Sure. You know, some conversations I was involved in, some conversations I weren't involved when I, for the most part, uh, experienced it from a, a relative distance as you look at, you know, lawyers and agents and this sort of thing. Yes. Um, but I, I don't think it was a difficult, it, it, like, like as a filmmaker, you get excited about certain things because you want to tell a story to a certain scale and depth. Yes. And I'm not about kind of um, sugarcoating or I'm not about kind of fluff or things that feel forced in any way. That's just not how I approach what I do. And so for me, it was, I just need to make sure that um, there's so many people work so hard to make this project come to life mm-hmm. that it feels worthy of the moment and the characters that are involved. So for me, the most important thing was because sometimes that's just the reality, right? Yes. You were excited about something. Oh, that's just not going to happen. Well, so it's not your job to just say, well, we just can't make anything and it's, we just throw it away. Sure. It's like, this is the box now that I'm allowed to be free within. Mm-hmm. And I just have to find a different way to make this come to life. Robert Alexander, the director of HBO's Shack, a four part documentary series that uh, premieres next week on HBO next Wednesday and all episodes after that air on Wednesdays here on the Rich Eisen show. You've also directed a handful of episodes of the shop, right? Yeah. Yeah. For um, five years. I mean, I think all of them, except okay. maybe one or two. So yeah. let me just uh, hit you on a couple subject matters. Did sure. you direct the episode with Tom Brady? Yes, I did. So do you know who the MFR <laughs> is? Um, you do know who it is. Oh, he does. He you know, does. I think totally that, know. Uh, you know, Tom is, phenomenal in front of a camera and he yes. knows what to say and not to say so i can't really speculate on that to any degree i think that um 
he chose to present that information that way. Understood. And so I, I think that's something. Now, when you're a director and you've got you've got your headphones on, yeah. you hear that, you're like jackpot, right? I mean, like that's. More or less. I mean, there's a lot But there was no like quiet. Again, I'm, I don't mean to yeah. you know, put you on the spot, yeah. even though I appear, it appears that I am. Yeah. But like, was there at a quiet moment? Like anybody like the, did LeBron lean over to him and go, all right, tell me who it no, is. No, I don't and, think so. I, I, I don't think anything happened happened in that moment you know oh, okay. i think um we were more uh i mean that's such a unique show there's a lot of different people on and it's you know it's yeah. my job to help support to kind of navigate our conversation where we go and what we want to hit and that sort of thing but yes. i think in that moment i think and I, that's a great thing about when lebron i think it does interact uh with you know, p- his peers on that level. Yeah, goat on goat. Like, yeah, right. It doesn't matter who it is. You know, like I think it's more about I know what it's like to be disrespected at who I know I am and my quality level and my skill level. So I think sometimes when those interactions take place, where I'm excited, I, w- I want to dig no deep doubt. on that. And know? look, Robert, uh, yeah. I, I, I've been doing this now yes. for eight plus years, yeah. and it is my job. Yeah to have a conversation with yes. somebody and make them feel comfortable yes. so they will share information yeah, that they can feel like absolutely. it's just a conversation that they don't know that yeah, there's a yeah. camera on and everyone's yeah, listening. Absolutely. So, I mean, yeah. and that's the beauty of, of yeah. the shop. You yeah. can see that that yeah. has been created, yeah. Yeah, we not just really with your set, but yeah. obviously when when LeBron yeah. is talking and then everyone yeah. else who's there, you could, yeah. you could sense that. And, yeah. and so you get... You sort of get that fly on the wall feeling as you're sitting at home. Yes. So you've, you know, check yeah. all those boxes. Yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah. maybe that's what led Brady to say that. But deep down, yeah. you know who the MFR is. <laughs> I have my perspective. I'm sure others. Would you do, care to share you know? what your perspective uh, is? You know, I um I'd say I'd say no because I okay. feel like to your point about what, how hard we work on that show to yes. make it feel this organic and free and expressive. Yes. It's a lot of um you know, res- safe space. respect. Understood. It's a safe space I that I, I take a lot of pride in uh, holding to that. Good that answer. Standard. Yeah. Good answer. It's but deep down, trouble. though, you do Stay, have your I'm, own two cents on who the MFR is. Sure, sure, okay. sure, sure, sure. Yeah, absolutely. And Brian Tannehill. <laughs> no, no, no. Don't even go that. Don't do that to him. I'm, I've already I've already pride enough. Yeah. Uh, were you the director on the Kanye episode as yes, well? Yes, I was. That was a really tough day. And I am really proud of uh, you know, Maverick, uh, who leads the shop, um, and LeBron and team for how we chose to approach that mm-hmm. after the fact. Um, it was a, that was a really tough day. It was, uh, it was, it was not what we encourage on that show in mm-hmm. that space. And I think that the right decision was made to not put that out in the world. There's a lot of, a lot of ugly things in the world period. We don't need more, but it was, a uh, it wasn't what it should have been. For sure. You huddled up? Is that what happened? Yeah, it was a conversation. You could share? Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously there were conversations we had on the day. And then obviously um, Maverick, who, you know, obviously leads Spring Hill and uh, his team, you know, got together and made some decisions and we communicated about it. And we went in the direction of his best to, um, you know, not try to salvage this and put it out in the world, Um, which I 100% agree with. And I'm, I'm really proud of us to make that decision because you could get to a place where you try to, you know, people are going to want to click on it, right? So we can make yep. the decision to not use this, but use this and not use this and not use it. But you get to a certain point where it's like, then are you still encouraging that someone can uh, speak a certain way uh, and express themselves in a certain way that is really hurtful and negative um, and then get to a place where it's okay because we'll just, we'll work it out for you. 
you know, we'll, we'll make it salvageable. We'll make it worthy to air. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just don't think that's the, the place we want to be. So you supported that as the director? Yeah, absolutely. Show. Absolutely. Was I, LeBron on the set as he well? Was, he was not there on that day. Mm-hmm. No. Wow. Yeah. That must have been... It was a lot. Something else. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a lot. It was a lot. Um, it was a lot, uh, you know, uh, personally. Um, uh, you know, me as a, an artist and a filmmaker, there's a handful of people that I think uh, without their inspiration, mm-hmm. I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing in mm-hmm. this space right now. Um, and honestly, you know, uh, he was a, a big hero of mine. And I have a lot of mixed feelings about where I am now on that. But mm-hmm. I know that on that particular day in the, interactions that we all had was uh was really difficult you know mm-hmm. um it, literally we had the premiere for Shaq two days ago in atlanta mm-hmm. and i had to make a speech and the number one thing i was really excited to share is that i don't share this when we're directing but and i'm working with the talent but Shaq was a humongous hero for me and they always say don't meet your heroes right right and uh he was one that i met and i was so proud he exceeded all my expectations I love that. You, know? you couldn't say anything more about Shaq yeah act more accurate Absolutely. than yeah. that yeah. And that, that does actually yeah. nail it. Yeah, yeah. About him, yeah, he really is just yeah. aces. Yeah, he really is. He's just, and I just love the videos of him yeah. when he strolls out of a restaurant. Yeah. And he sees somebody like wearing his like his jersey, <laughs> yeah. and he like surprises them. Yeah, and he he's literally like. And sometimes you think in this day and age of social media, is it staged? Sure. And I'm like, not with him, sure. ever. Yeah, yeah ever. absolutely. It's and he's so like great that. at what he does with yeah. Kenny yeah. and yeah, and Charles and, and yeah. Ernie. Did you yeah. speak to them too for this as well? Uh, or we, no? uh, Ernie was in. Okay. Um, we couldn't make the schedule work for uh, Charles and, and Kenny, but uh, Ernie was in, in the film and a great part too. He's good people. Yeah, really good people. So. Hey, Robert, I'm looking forward to, for everybody to see this. I, I think it's neat how you've um, come up with a different way. Sure. And certainly it's a superhero one, I think. Yeah, probably speaks to Shaq very well. It's be really fun. I look forward to that. A four-part yeah. documentary series that premieres next Wednesday, November 23rd at 9 Eastern on HBO, and then available to stream on HBO Max every single Wednesday after that. Yeah. Come back for your next project, cool. sir. Thank you. I really, really appreciate, appreciate it. it. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, cool. and I don't know, I, I, can I, can you... Have you? Do you have bald people on the shop? <laughs> I, uh, I mean, or or does that immediately disqualify them? Because usually we ask them not to come. You okay. know, we're, you know um, I get it. Yeah, ha- options. You know, uh, we're, we're, we're open. We're I get open. It. Understood. Know, but yeah. I get it. Understood. Yeah. But just you know, just tell them to have. You know, I'll, I'll grow it out. Um, just for that episode. Sure. Okay. We, Robert we Alexander here on the Rich Eisen Show. <laughs> Willie Anderson of Alabama still to come on this program. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices make sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs all in before you purchase. So all the guests were is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use my code rich for twenty dollars off your first purchase terms apply visit gametime.co for restrictions again create an account redeem my code r-i-c-h for twenty dollars off your first purchase download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed 
Let's talk sleep number, people, because quality sleep is so essential. That's why the sleep number smart bed is dissolved for your ever-evolving sleep needs. And the same thing for your partner. So you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Quiets your snores or your partner's? Sleep Number does that. My Sleep Number setting is 60. My wife's is 70. Ten numbers apart, but it truly is the world of difference. The Sleep Number sleep that you get is unbelievable. You will love it. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now you could save 50%. That's 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. When you open a Mercedes-Benz Sprinter van, folks, you are opening more than just doors. You're unlocking potential, the potential to do your own thing and be your own boss and steer your own success and blaze your own trail. Each and every Sprinter van is built, designed, and equipped to let you hit the open road and take on any goal you set to help you follow your own passions, reawaken that spirit adventure, and check all those big, bold, fun, and exciting experiences off your bucket list. Owning a Mercedes-Benz Sprinter van lets you live, work, and play out your dreams, no matter how far off the beaten path they'll take you. And with 16 body types, your choice of a gas or diesel engine, thousands of ways to customize, and now available in an all-wheel drive, a Sprinter van is capable and versatile enough to help you drive your ambitions wherever you want to take them. So now's the time to discover what it is that moves you most. Don't wait. Unlock your potential inside a Mercedes-Benz Sprinter. Uh, Will Anderson of Alabama slated to join us shortly. Um, he's uh, He's a... Still waiting to hear from him uh, when uh, when he might uh, he might call in eight four four two zero four rich number to dial. We're going to take your phone calls in a second. If you're just joining us, we just said goodbye to Robert Alexander, the director of the new Shaq documentary that's on HBO. Eager to see it, um, and uh, he's also the director of a handful of episodes of The Shop, including the one that Tom Brady um, mentioned how he couldn't believe a team that he was, I guess, thinking about joining in his free agency year, twenty twenty. Um, told him that they were going to stick with their current quarterback. And he said, you really are going to stick with that MFR? And um, we have literally been trying for a while to identify who that MFR is. And the latest, a lot of names, the latest, um, I guess, sleuthing occurred when the Dolphins were busted for tampering with Tom Brady. And one would think, Everyone's like, it's got to be Ryan Fitzpatrick. But that makes no sense because if they were tampering with Tom Brady, wouldn't they have been more than willing to jettison Ryan Fitzpatrick and anything else? Someone's like, it's got to be Ryan Fitzpatrick if they were thinking of tampering with Brady. That was the first idea. Yeah, Yeah, it makes no sense. Right. And then we found out from uh, Dana White that Gronk and Dana White, what uh, Dana White just said, hey, uh, I had brokered you and Brady to come to Vegas and Gruden... Wasn't into it. So it must have been Derek Carr, right? Yeah, that's a thought. I mean, that's another thought. But this man must know who just left the studio. He was there. He says he has his own theories. And I must tell you, everybody at the Rich Eisen show, listening audience or television viewing audience at the uh, wherever you are, we just, I believe, all of us collectively, just showed the most resolve we've ever shown <laughs> with a guest leaving here. 
And we've we've had much resolve broken. I mean, the number of times that Del Tufo just jumps out, wants to take a selfie, please sign this, please sign that. And Kevin Bacon. No, I mean, and it's much to the, um, you know, help of our program. I mean, uh, one of my favorite items that's uh, viewed in front of Mike Del Tufo's position is the the old school cell phone that he had Michael Douglas on. And uh, that'll be interesting to bring up Michael Douglas's name when the man who's playing opposite his wife, Luis Guzman, comes into this studio in hour number three. But I'll just say this. We did not ask him as he's leaving. Okay, now you could tell us who this, who's the MFR. Right, I, I, I just forgot. We didn't do it. We didn't I'm do very it. proud of us. We didn't do it. I'm, very disapp- proud of us. I'm disappointed, to be honest. Very proud of us. <laughs> Is he still like, there? Come on, Maybe tell we'll us. Catch him come on, quick. tell us. Yeah, he Liz, Liz. Liz. No, 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 no. I think he's gone. Quick. I think he's out. Now I'm not happy that we didn't do that. What's, so. our, what's our final best guess? By the way, Brockman. How, how is it not Chris? How, Chris? 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 Car? How is it not him? If Dana White said he had this brokered, well, do we believe Dana White? I guess is what it comes oh, yeah. down to. Um, Gronk was the one who confirmed it. Yeah, Gronk did confirm it. I mean, yeah. Chris, here's the deal, though. Rich fell twice when he was in Munich. One, he had Tom Brady interviewed with him in a room, oh, good point. brought him in for a hug. Who's the didn't MF-er? say it was from I you. Didn't bring him you in could for have hug. brought him in close didn't to him and be like, Tommy, who's the MF? Who's the MF? No one else would have heard. And he like, would have read back and like said, like a little like whisper thing. You know what I mean? Like, you know, so this is on you. You could have broke. I mean, I guess you're not an investigative journalist anymore. You know, that's when you were hungry and younger anymore. You know, <laughs> you know. You would have broke that case, Rich. I haven't even told you I saw Brady later that night, too, out and about. Oh, like, wait a second. Now you're burying the lead. And I didn't do that there either. Are you serious? Yeah. You was out in the club? Not in the club. In a restaurant. Oh, You saw at the same restaurant as Tom yes, Brady? I did. Were did you, you at the same did table? You, did you go no, up to him? I did. And what'd you say? Nothing of this sort. Did you shake his hand there? I did. Did you give him a little, you know, a little dab, what up, what up? A little dap? And you still didn't say anything? That ain't After your man. All I've done for you. That ain't your man, Brockman. You thought that was your man. I am your that man. I am your man, and I have what's called standards. Wait, but I'm not going to think- when you've had a few, you know. Yeah. You blew it. And you're at a restaurant. <laughs> no, well, also, yeah, he, had, he has standards, Brockman. His standards are so high that when inside of a crowded restaurant, he will slide his chair back to almost trip one of the greatest, yeah. if not be great, American storytellers, filmmakers of all time. You can give you got a Lady Gaga. Shot. I don't Come know on, if I'm bro. ever going to meet Tom. Here's the thing. And, that's, give, him and, that's a and give him a hug. Here's the thing. You he's brought you so are much. Are you really saying to me? Yes. Or are you just doing a bit here? No, no he's he serious. Really wants to hug no, 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 no. I, we need to now cut down to the to the to the bone here. Are you really saying to me I should have told Tom I want to hug you for one of my guys yeah. who's yeah. a diehard Patriot fan? You made him so happy. He That's wants so me to hug you. Is that okay? Like you literally. He doesn't know. He like doesn't how know does one? They, like how does how does one go about that? You I just know, did it. I don't know if Tom's ever going to come in here, right? And if you, if I see Tom out in the wild, I can't <laughs> just. I can't you just, know he'll never come. But in I'm here. just saying I can't just bear hug him in the wild. Like if I see him at like the Third Street Promenade or something, he's Dude, probably got you security. Once, you once accosted Nomar on a plane. Nomar. With the, and your opening line was, "You share the same birthday." Well, we do. That's a fact. It's a fact. We do share the same. How'd it go for you? It didn't go great. I mean, so he go. did wish me a happy birthday. <laughs> he did say, Look. well, happy belated birthday. But And you wanted me to use a- any time with Brady no. to go up and well, ask, yes, him, ask him who the MFR is. You yeah, saw you, him a second time. A second time. I did. At night, when the drinks were flowing. Correct. When the flowing. Off, off the clock. Not for him. They, they were not flowing for Probably him. They well, were flowing for you, which you would have been oh, like. Oh, they absolutely yeah, were. Yeah, so it was a little more loose to just freely ask questions. Definitely. 
wow, I can't believe yeah. you, A, didn't tell us that on the spot. Like, Why would hey, I? I'm at dinner Why with Brady. Why would a better question? You know what? I, like, you, sometimes you got to ask me questions to get, get it out of me. <laughs> Since when? Wow. That's messed up. Right? Actually, it's not. At all. Evan in Cortland, New York. <laughs> You're here on the Rich Eisen Show. What's up, Evan? Hey, what's going on, Rich? How, How are you, you sir? Can you hear me okay? I'm actually at my gym right now. Oh, look at you! Oh, so, so, hold on. Well done, Evan. Uh, well, so, thanks. so you want to? Are you asking to work into this show right now? Is that what you're doing? Oh, are we absolutely. spotting you right now? Are we spotting? Okay, you want to work in? Group cardio exercise right now. How you're working you into our rotation. Here? All right. So, uh, so are you uh, in Cortland, New York? You're in a gym, yeah. and you decided, yeah. you know what? I need to call Rich's show in the middle of my workout. Literally, this is what's yeah. happening. Well, actually, Rich, here's a little funny tidbit. So you as a Jets fan will probably appreciate this. Okay. So Cortland, I'm actually going to SUNY Cortland Out of boy. Okay. Do you remember, Do you know who used to practice here? SUNY Cortland. The Jets did, right, back in the day? The Jets did. Yeah. yeah. They were, it's actually where they filmed the Hard Knocks episode. There you go. That's the where whole, they got yeah, a, a, so a GD uh, snack. So they, yeah, yeah, sure. So okay. they took all the equipment <laughs> out, and now the, our gym is their old training facility. So it's uh, it's pretty cool. Look at us. But uh, look yeah, at us. Look at that. Okay. What's anyway, on your mind that you so, that you're busting up your workout <laughs> to call? Anyway, so here's the thing. Mm-hmm. I'll get into it because I know you guys are very busy. So what I'm seeing out of the Colts right now with Jeff Saturday, it kind of it it, it reminds me of what the Giants were trying to do with Joe Judge. Now I know Joe Judge has did have a little bit of coaching experience, not like the kind of coaching experience you'd want. But he did have some. And what he did was, you know what, I'm just going to let the coordinators do what they have to do, let them implement the game plan, and I'm just going to go ahead, focus on clock management in the locker room. Now, he did that poorly, poorly, as we all, everybody in that room knows, that was a terrible job. Jeff Saturday, on the other hand, mm. he knows how to lead in that. You hear Jim Irsay talk about he was the voice in that locker room. And that speaks volumes to me. If you're the voice in the locker room as a center, not your quarterback, as a center, that means that you're able to galvanize your men on the offensive line to fight for everybody. And I really like what I saw. I really like the way he addressed the press. He doesn't give those, you know, corny little comments that Joe Judge used to make. You know, but he's also high, puts the right guys in place for his, uh, for his staff. I just wanted to get your thoughts on that. Um, I, I guess, you know, if you want to compare apples to apples, um you know, I think where where they they're serving the same role. Um, you know, the 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 issue is here, and I, I'm I'm gonna, uh, you know, I'll push back a little bit here. Uh, you know, Judge Judge wasn't a former player that's coming in and basically saying, you know, I know what it's like to be you guys, and and follow me. You know, uh, he, he's coming in saying, um, you know, whatever. I, I don't know what he told the team, but it just. I think they just come from a different perspective, sort of a difference between yeah. a Nautilus machine and whatever you're working out uh, on now <laughs> that weights, used to be. Right a boy, you go 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 finish your workout, sir, Evan, and yes, just sir. Uh, have a good one. Okay? okay, you got it. That's Evan. One of the coldest baseball games I ever played was in Cortland, Cortland New York. York. Oh, my hand still stung. Is that is that the same thing as the coldest winter you ever spent? Was a summer in San Francisco? <laughs> Not quite, but. Close. Okay. Uh, we're going to take a break. I believe Will Anderson is going to join us after the break. And if not, um, you know, what are we going to do? 
Talk about stuff. Talk about more stuff. <laughs> Scold you more for not Jail- hugging Tom Brady. Jalen Hyatt of Tennessee joining us in hour number three, and Luis Guzman, the actor, uh, is joining. We had a great. We have a great uh, uh, celebrity tour of France for him as well. He's in the new uh, Netflix show Tim Burton directed <laughs> wow. called Wednesday for the Adams Family. It's pretty cool stuff. Uh, hour number three here on the Rich Eisen Show. Don't go anywhere. Back with more in a moment. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Back here on the Rich Eisen Show, 844-204-RICH, number to dial. Um, we have, by the way, our next two guests are were just announced as semifinalists for the Walter Camp Player of the Year Award. Yeah, they are. Uh, Jalen Hyatt of Tennessee is joining us in about 17 minutes' time. And joining us now on the Rich Eisen Show, Mercedes-Benz Vans phone line, is the reigning, let me make sure I get this correct, the Bronco Nagurski Trophy winner of 2021. 17 and a half sacks last year. He is a... Uh, grown-ass man that we're going to hear uh, his name mentioned very quickly when we're doing the draft next year in Kansas City. Joining us from Alabama football is Will Anderson, Jr. How are you, sir? I'm doing good. How are you guys doing today? I am doing just fine. I am doing just fine. Um, so uh, how, how when did you first realize that you could sack a quarterback well? Oh, when did that happen? My 10th grade year in high school. My sophomore year, uh, they had officially moved me to defensive end, and we had got a new defensive coordinator. And I was telling him the position I wanted to play, and he was like, oh, no, you're going to go play defensive end, and you're going to go set quarterbacks. And then ever since then, I just took off with it, and I loved it ever since. Who did you – I mean, what were you playing before that? What position were you playing before that? Oh, I wanted to play, like, fullback, running back, but I also was playing, like, a little uh, bit of a middle linebacker, like, sack back linebacker and stuff like that. The previous coaches had me playing that, but I really wanted to play offense, but they wasn't going for it. <laughs> <laughs> so what about now? Have you have you informed the coaching staff there that you could do a little bit of uh, offense too for your team? What? Well, I think once they see me have a pick and, you know, go score a touchdown, mm-hmm. <laughs> they said a few things. But, uh, no, we got a lot of players on that side of the ball that handle that, you know, that area pretty well, better than I could. So, I think we're good. So, uh, when did uh, Nick Saban first appear in front of you? When did you first meet him, Will Anderson? Um, I, it's crazy. I'll never forget. I first met him in January. Uh, I think it was right after their season, uh, right after my football season. I came up here for uh, junior day. And honestly, I wasn't thinking too much about it. Uh, it's really my mom. She's the reason why I'm even here at the University of Alabama because I got, like, a little, like, text in my Twitter DM uh, saying, like, you know, you're invited. And I was like, Mom, you know, they do this to every player. You know, I don't think they're serious. Uh, 
I don't know how good I am to go to Alabama. I'm not sure. You know, just hearing all those things about Alabama, like sure. all the negativity. So I'm like, you know, I don't know. And then, you know, we went up there and it changed my whole mindset. I got a chance to talk to coach and I really see how much they like me and it changed my whole, you know, view of Alabama. Mm-hmm. And so, because you're from Georgia, right? Correct? Yes, sir. All right. So yes, were you never on uh, Georgia's radar screen or you were and you chose Alabama over Georgia? Is that what happened? Um, well, well, I, was, I guess you could say I was on the radar. They just never offered me a scholarship. Huh. Um, you know, things go down like that. You know, it's all a business. You know how uh, these things go down. But, uh, you know, it was all good. You know, uh, coming here, it's been great. And everything worked out um, exceptionally well for me here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love it here, and I wouldn't rather be anywhere else. So what do you say to anybody that's out there thinking you, Alabama's got a couple losses and they're, they're toast? They, they should not be a, a college football playoff team this year. How do you respond to that? Will Anderson. You know, um, you know, we can't really get into all that stuff. You know, we just have to keep doing what we do on the field, uh, keep going out there, playing hard, and showing people that, you know, we are capable of being in the playoffs and we are a playoff team and that, you know, we have what it takes to be in the playoff. Um, we have a really good team. We have a really good uh, group of guys that, you know, they always do things the right way. They work really hard. Um, I think now just about cleaning up the mental areas and making sure that we're all on the same page. Okay. Uh, now, I heard a rumor, if you wouldn't mind confirming for me, Will Anderson, that you were tearing up spring practice so much that at times you were removed from the field because the offense could not do what it needed to do to practice because you were blowing things up. Is that true or false, Will? Um, <laughs> it's a little true by that, but, uh, you know, um, those guys, they do a really good job. No, I know. You know uh, but you I were, mean, you were, you were just... doing too good of a job yourself that they're just like, okay, we need to practice here. Is that, that that's what I heard? So I think it's just, they were just trying to build that team chemistry, you know, on defense. You know, um, along the lines, we had a lot of guys coming back, and uh, I think the chemistry was just there a little bit, you know, sure. more defense at that time. So, you know, that's how that worked. No, it's okay. I mean, you know, I don't want to get you in trouble, but uh, I I just heard you were tearing things up, and it's just like, okay, that's enough. We see what you can do, Will. You know, that's what I heard. Okay. All right. Very good. Um, and so, um, how how has uh, Alabama improved your game? Saban, the staff there, improved your game or allowed you to do what you need to do? Will? Um, you know what I think. I think they um, they really did a really good job of you know helping me mm-hmm. um, better my craft and using what I already had um, within you know the defense and everything, allowing me to play how I wanted to play. Um, they moved me around a lot of places. You know, I was playing anywhere between like a three technique, four eye, a four or five, a wide nine, and I was dropping back in coverage. So it kind of made me more versatile, I would say that, because in high school, you know, I was just playing straight de- defensive end. So um, I can most definitely say they helped me become more versatile, you know, with dropping and, you know, playing a little bit more inside and things like that. And, um, you know, especially with my pass rush and stuff like that, helping me at the top of my rush and things like that. But just becoming a more versatile player, um, Alabama did an incredible job of helping me with that. Okay, and uh, I'm going to ask you a question I've asked. Jeez, uh, oh, I've lost track. Well over half a dozen uh, Alabama players, um, including Tua, uh, Mac Jones, and so on and so forth. I've asked, I think I asked Bryce Young this too. What's the most pissed off you've ever personally made Nick Saban? Do you got that story for me, Will? Um, uh, you know, I kind of always, I don't know. Okay. Uh, I've always kind of did things the right way. I've messed up okay. a few times. He's never really just like yelled at me, probably oh. like that. Uh, that good. I didn't knock on wood because I don't want it to have to go talk to <laughs> him. But, uh, 
<laughs> you're, 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 you're making it this far, is what you said. You've made it this far. Just jinx Okay. Up. Look, I made it this far without getting a, a, a big chewing out, so I'm going to keep it like that. But I don't have a story for you because it's. Uh, I'll That's good. Right no, like you, you do. Th- I mean, everybody kind of tries to do things the right way, but they they sometimes don't know. Uh, so, have you also been on the business end of a Bofa uh, joke from him? <laughs> Has that happened uh, from from uh, Nick Saban to you, Will? Um, let me see. Let me see. <laughs> nah. Okay. All right. Look at you. Wow. Look at you. All right. So, what is your what is your um, what is your goal for the future? What can you tell me about that? I have a feeling I'm going to see you in Indianapolis soon and then in Kansas City after that in 2023. I have that sense, Will. What about you for yourself? Well, right now um, I'm focused on getting my degree. You know, uh, okay. uh, I graduate in December, December 10th this year. Uh, I did. I got my degree in uh, two and a half years, so that's one thing that I'm very excited about. And awesome. Looking forward, and forward to the future. So right now just my grades. And just becoming uh, connected with these younger guys, making sure that, you know, that they're good and, you know, helping some of the young guys that's going to become leaders next year, you know, showing them how to do things and, you know, trying to get tight with them to help them for next year and things like that. Look so at you. That's kind of where I see stuff in my future right now. What are you getting your degree in? Uh, communications and news media. Oh, can I help in any way, shape, or form, Will? I mean, this yes, is, sir. you know, I can, I, what What do you need? What do you got? What can I help with? Well, Give me a few pointers. I've been I've been doing a pretty good job so far. So, okay. Know, anything, any advice will help. Pointers about what? Like you you want to do like podcasts on air, that sort of stuff. Is that what you're talking about? Uh, I want to uh, like do like the, the um, sports broadcasting part of it. Like sit down and you know talk about sports and stuff like that. And, okay. You know what Shaq and them do. Okay. Um, I'm I'm more than will. Here here's my advice for you, uh, Will Anderson. Is you are your own fingerprint. There's only one Will Anderson Jr. There's only one of you. There's only one version of you that can deliver two cents on what it's like to rush a passer or not piss off your coach and win this award or be told, you know, you need to start rushing the passer and believing in yourself or the story that you told where you thought maybe Alabama wasn't the right spot for you and you learned eventually that it was. All of these stories, you know, you are the only version uh, who can tell these stories and then, you know, take a look at what's going on in the sports world and use your perspective to deliver a story or information or or interview somebody and your personality. Just you have to be yourself. The most successful people I've ever met in this business are people who are themselves on uh, the air in front of the lights, in front of a microphone and and the same thing when they're not. So that's just a quick two cents and never take no for an answer either from somebody. Yes, how about that? I got you. I appreciate that. I mean, that's going to stick with me. I'm going to most definitely use that when that time comes. Free of charge. Right there. On the, on the house. That's the Rich Eyes, Rich Eyes, R-E-S Consulting, we call it. Rich Eyes and Show Consulting right there. But seriously, I, I, I'm more than happy to, to be a resource in however you, however you wish, and I'm sure I'll be seeing you down the line for yes, sure. Sir, will do. Okay. Um, anything I need to know about um, you know, uh, Jalen Hyatt coming in? Now you'd have to probably have to cover him. A couple of weeks ago, anything I need to know about him he, from Tennessee? He's a great player. He's been doing a great job, and you know, okay. I'm excited to see his future. Okay, very good. Look, you're you're first class, Will Anderson. Uh, I've I've uh, heard nothing but great things about you, and uh, I do look forward to seeing you at the next level when you're with your degree and everything else going on in your world. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks Thank again. You, for me. you got it. that's Will Anderson Jr. I heard that.
he was going so full speed and being Will Anderson Jr. in some spring practices, they had to take him off the field so the <laughs> offense could do its work. Imagine that. Hey, you're too good. We're not getting any looks. Why don't you sit, mm-hmm. sit a few plays out? That's what I heard. That's wild. And I think he kind of confirmed it by he, he, humbly not confirming it. He did not deny it. <laughs> <Right. Okay. laughs> is what no I heard. That's how, that's how good he is. There was like a, well, uh, well, you know that. No. You got the top uh, 10, if you don't mind, Mr. Uh, Hoskins. Look, I, I, well, I mean, the, uh, the top 10, I'm sorry, the uh, draft order. I should have been more specific. Um, yeah, Alabama currently eight. I think they're, they're going to need some help. Um, Texans have in the past, as we all know, gone pass rusher over the best offensive player that's in the draft. True, that's true. But uh, that was back a, in the day. They probably need a quarterback. The Raiders. You're saying the Panthers. That's what you're hearing? You know, mock drafts. I'm seeing uh, Carolina has taken him right now. I'm, I'm hearing he could go number one. It doesn't matter about the quarterback. That's how good he is. This is what I'm hearing right now. And, of course, you know, the Texans could go. Um, Will Anderson won, and then depending on how poorly Cleveland plays from here on out. By the way, Texans playing Cleveland in in a, in a couple weeks, as you know, that's Deshaun Watson's first game. Texans beating Cleveland actually worsens their own pick, but helps them on the pick they're getting from Cleveland. That's great. <laughs> that's hilarious. So even if you lose, you win. <laughs> right? Even when I lose, I win. <laughs> but um, they could go Anderson one and then take the quarterback later on since there's a ton of them. Yeah. Jalen Hyatt of Tennessee and Luis Guzman in studio coming up. Even when you lose, I win. There it is. <laughs> they could use that Browns pick and trade back up, get a little closer. They could. They could They could get closer and they could go one and two and take Bryce Young and Will Anderson. CJ Stroud. I don't know. Has that ever, has that ever happened? Same school, one and two? Same school, one and two? Did Penn State do that one? Mm. That could have been, yes, 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 yes. Was it Was it Kajana Carter? And Courtney Brown? And Courtney Brown. Um, maybe. Let's look this to the same, Not to the same team, though. No. Courtney Brown did not wind up on the, uh, on the Jets. That's what I'm saying. Did the Jets really take Kajana Carter number one overall? Did they do that? No, or am bang, I just blocking bang, that out? It was nice. Bengals did. Bengals did. You guys took Blair Thomas. That's right. That's right. Blair Thomas. Oh, I'm jet lagged. Otherwise, I'd have known that. Jet lagged. No pun intended. I'm blaming jet lag on everything now. Jet. Fair. I can't think straight. Uh, I cannot believe I'm doing what I'm doing. Well, like two, three years ago, it was co- I got co- I had COVID brain. As you know, I got the fog. As you know, I'm, I'm, I tweeted out that the jet lag absolutely and completely sucks last night at 7 11 Pacific time. And it took nine minutes for Eric Stone Street to see that. And take such pity on me that he said, kind of like an AFC team you pick to win their division. In 92, the Colts had the one and two pick. About as close as I could find it. What Colts had both picks? Yeah, they had. They took Steve Entman and Quentin Corriott. Oh, yeah, I remember In 92. That remember that one? Oh, I do remember that. Jalen Hyatt of Tennessee and Luis Guzman coming up. Steve 